Good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, we've grown since last time I was with you. We are now 11 uh, cities and ministries now. And in the next year, we will probably go to 16. And so... um, little history about myself. I, I grew up in a small farming community called Greencastle, Indiana. And so the Assemblies of God has labeled me as a U.S. missionary, but really I'm a foreign missionary because doing all this inner city ministry for 18 years now has been very foreign to me. I'm a 91 Teen Challenge graduate, uh, three years master's commission, uh, June of 2000, um, a missionary in southeast Washington, D.C., Ken Brown, took a chance on me. And so for four years, I trained with him. And he's, he's been a good friend all these years. He's with me today. And so he took a chance on me when no one else would. And I want to encourage you to take chances on people that no one else will. Because that's what you're called to do. We're not called to occupy the pew until Jesus comes back, we're, we're called to fill it and continue to fill it and continue to break the darkness that's outside the walls of this building today. You, you may not see it, but there are people outside the walls of your building today that are lost and hopeless and dying. They're on their way to a devil's hell. And God's commissioned you, ordained you, and orchestrated you to be a missionary where you work and where you live. And so if you're a believer in Christ, you do not have an exemption card for ministry. You are called to do ministry. You are the hands and feet of Christ. And, and God wants to use you to change the world. And so for four years, I trained in Southeast D.C. And then I wanted to go back to the Midwest because I hated the D.C. traffic. Remember when I first got out there, I called Ken. I said, man, you would not believe the traffic here. He's like, no, get out of town. I said, no, really, there's a combine and 10 cars in front of me. (laughs) And so I knew that I wanted to go back to the Midwest. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that God was going to send me to another violent city because that's what he's earmarked me to do. And and so he sent me to East St. Louis, very violent, very, very dangerous city. Uh, 1970s, there were three assembly God churches there. 1983, the last one closed. From 83 to 2006, uh, men and women would, from the Assemblies of God would go there. They'd try to start a church. They would leave less than a year because of the violence. April of this year, we had two men gunned down, shot and killed uh, right across the street from our church. In that same location two years ago, another man that owned that building was gunned down. I remember December 13, I was a block from our building. I could see it. I had a pastor visiting with me. And all, all of a sudden, everything changed. Um, on my side of the speed light van, uh, 300 feet, 20 gunshots going off. I'm in the middle of a drive-by shooting now. And so they, they pulled out of the parking lot. They shot up two cars 200 feet behind me. Six people were hurt. So we're aware of where we're at. And, you know, I remember years ago that Ken Brown was in D.C. and he was, he was doing ministry. and he was, he, 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 Sometimes you can grow settled to what you're doing. And he grew, set, he, he grew settled that day and... All of a sudden, a guy came up on his car, opened his car door, put a gun to his head, put him on the ground, carjacked him, and stole his wallet. And so that's, that's always stuck with me, you know, where I'm at, that I could be a martyr. Is your life so defined in Christ that if it was taken, you'd be all right? 
Not that I want to be a martyr, but, you know, if, if I am, I get an extra crown that most other people won't get. And so we, we launched in, in East St. Louis, and, and that was in 06. We bought four buildings. So we, we bought our first two buildings for $15,000. We bought our third building for $11,000. We bought our fourth building, which actually was the best building. It was an old drugstore. It was a brick building. It sat vacant since the 70s. It looked like a time capsule when we got into it. We bought it for seven grand. So we bought four buildings for $33,000, and we own a block in downtown East St. Louis. And, and so after we launched that church, then we were given two buildings. We're given a 10,000 and a 4,000 square foot building in a community called Washington Park. It's just as violent. A few years ago, the mayor was shot twice in the chest and killed in his car in broad daylight. A few years ago, we found a teenager been shot in the head face down in his pool of blood in our church parking lot. It happened on Saturday night, so Sunday morning, we have a homicide. We have yellow tape, everything that goes with that right there as we're having church. And so I knew that when we launched that, that God was going to have to give us a, a special pastor and because of what he was asking me to do. He was asking me to plant a Spanish-speaking church in an all-black neighborhood. I was like, I don't know how that's going to work, God. I mean, how's that even work? And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it, but you have to give me the right pastor that understands what he's getting himself into. And, and so what happened was um, God gave me a, a pastor named Ramon Granadas. And so Ramon had been with me for about five months, and he's like, Pastor, I have to confess to you that I'm a convicted felon. He said, by the time I was 39 years old, I spent 19 years in prison. I ran with the Mexican mafia. I was so violent that they moved me from prison to prison around the United States. Most of my time was spent in consolatory confinement. But one time when I was in consolatory confinement, somebody gave me a Bible. And I gave my life to Christ that day. Two years later, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost out in the rec yard, and then they released me. <laughs> For the past five years before I moved up here, I was doing every weekend. I was, he, he was from Las Cruces, New Mexico. He was doing ministry every weekend in Juarez. And at that time, that was the most violent city in the world. And I said, I'm good with this, Ramon. You're, you're good. Because I know God gave me the right man. And what happened was in August of 07, when we were given those buildings in July of 07, in August of 07, God spoke to Ramon Granadas in Las Cruces, New Mexico, to move up to the East St. Louis area to plant a church. And then a year later, August of 08, I met him, and he became my pastor. I took a chance. And God's saying to some of you today, you need to take a chance. Because eternity is waiting. And you never know who you take a chance with, how God will use them to affect the kingdom. Because somebody took a chance on you. And so he, he's turned out to be one of my best pastors. Out of 20-some guys that work with me across the United States, he's the one I trust the most. And you know, he did something very exciting. August 20th, we launched our second Spanish-speaking church 30 minutes north of us in a community called Cottage Hills because a building was given to us. And so it's been a, a neat thing to see God do that. You know, and so we launched that church. 
And then I heard the Lord say, I want you to reach the Bosnians. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand. There are no Bosnians in East St. Louis. I know. He said, they're over the river. They're in St. Louis. Most people think St. Louis is a, a really big city. Most people think it's like a million people. It's not. There's only 350,000 people live in St. Louis. But there's 70,000 Bosnians. One-fifth of the population of that city's Bosnian. They've been there for 10 years, and nobody was reaching. 90% of them are Muslim, and that bothered me. And so God said, do something about it. And so we did. We planted a work, Bio, Bosnia International Outreach there. And as Andrew was in the process of having his budget raised, and he says, Jay, I need to get a building. I said, I, I understand that, Andrew, and you have to realize that inner city ministry cannot sustain debt. You see, we run all of our inner city ministries month in, month out, debt-free. We are a debt-free inner city ministry. <laughs> you say, well, how, how do you do that? Because of your generosity and your missions giving and all the other churches that support us, we do it every month. We're lean and mean when it comes to spending money. And so I said, Andrew, look, if God doesn't show up and show out, you're in trouble, buddy, because you can't go get a loan. He said, what do I do? We can't do anything. We have to wait, wait and see what God's going to do. You know what? God did it one time. It was really neat how he did it. He used two multi-billion dollar corporations that are Christian ran. He used Hobby Lobby and Blue Bunny Ice Cream. They both donated $50,000 to us, and we bought a building for 100000 cash. And that building appraised us for $120,000. And it kept us in the debt-free zone. And then I began to recognize that, okay, God, I'm working myself out of a job every time you tell me to do this. What, what's my next step? He said, I want you to plant a church in Denver. And see, our, the earmark of, of our ministry is that we plant in the most violent places of the cities. That's just what God's called us to do. And it's not that I, I, I volunteer for it, believe me. I avoid big cities. Because I know if I drive through them, God's going to tell me to plant church. <laughs> I'm like some of you in here. I go around it. And so I said, okay, okay God, I, I'll do what you want. He said, I want you to plant in Denver. And, and so God gave me a guy named Isaac Oliveres. And I told this story last time I was here, but it's so powerful, I want to tell it again. And, and so I said, Isaac, you have to be in the most violent part of the city. Do you know where it's at? He said, that's a five points neighborhood, so that's where you have to plant. And so Isaac, you know, here he is, fresh, new, on the ground, prayer walk in the community, and he comes across a woman named Geraldine, and she's a, she's a uh, 30-year drug addict, she's a prostitute, and she's pregnant. And she says, Isaac, I'm pregnant, and Isaac says, well, do you mind if I pray for your baby? She said, I don't care. And so he laid hands on her, on her stomach that day, and he prayed for her baby. And so for months, when he would see Geraldine, he would, he would just automatically pray for her baby. She began to build a relationship with him. Look, we don't have the right to pop someone upside the head with John 3.16 and expect them to get in line to get saved. We have to earn the right to get in the lives of people. You know, in their city, the best way to a man's heart is through his belly. Before you can reach the spiritual need of someone in their city, you have to reach the physical need. We have to earn the right. And, and, you know, the success rate goes much higher when we do that. 
And so Isaac was building a relationship. He was building a bond with her. And then she opened up to him. She said, Isaac, do you know that I've had four other babies and none of them were ever born in a hospital? Matter of fact, I pulled two babies out of myself while I was getting high in a crack house. Now this fifth baby, she was born in a hospital and and she had drugs and alcohol in her system. And so the hospital says to Geraldine, you can't take this baby home. She says, and so they said, do you know anybody to take your baby? She says, I, I don't know anyone. Do you have any family? She says, I don't have any family. Can you think of anybody that will take your baby? Because if not, we're going to have to run your baby through the system. And she said, wait a minute. My pastor, he will take the baby. And 11 days after Nasea was born, Jamie and Isaac took her home. Nasea, you know what that means? For God's performed a miracle. A year later, they adopted that baby. Nasea's four years old now. Boy, it's quiet in here now. If you get anything out of this message this morning, this is what I want you to get. God's not concerned with your gifts. He's not concerned with your talents or your money. He's concerned with our commitment. Will we be committed to the cause of Christ? Will we stand in attention? Will we get out of the trenches and to the battlefield where people are dying and perishing? They're lost, they're hopeless, they're hurting. Will we, you and I, uh, uh, hit the trench, get out of the trenches and hit the ground running and reach out to those that don't know Jesus? They're in your city, they're in your neighborhood. They work with you. They're right beside you. When they look in your eyes, do they see the fire of God? Do they sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in you? Friend, God wants to equip us. We're in the last days. Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back for a week church. He's coming back for a, a bride that's beautiful. He's coming back for a church that the people are positioned to do warfare, to bring down strongholds and reach people where they're at. He's equipped us. We're Pentecostal. He's equipped us to be gifted in all the spiritual giftings to make a difference in the lives of people out there that have no hope. He's commissioning us. Some of you in this place, you've gotten really comfortable and even now, some of your hearts are just beating really fast. That's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you. He's saying, will you be eyes to see and ears to hear what my Spirit says? Because if you will give me your ears and eyes, I will show you a world outside the walls of this building today that is desperate and hopeless and are waiting on you to lead them to me. Isaac does a, a, a really neat thing there in Denver in that Denver has a homeless population of 4,000. And so this past Thursday night was our 225th consecutive Thursday night feeding the homeless. You see, we, we use, bank, we use um, banquet companies. We bring in catered-styled meals. We spend $40,000 a year, and we feed the homeless. We give them a, a really nice meal. And I've been there several times in the stench of alcohol and drugs and just the abuse and just the things you see. But when they come in that room, friend, there's an hour that they get hope. They get justice. They get love. There's a lot of churches in Denver, but there's very few churches reaching out to those, to the least of these. 
And they're, they're doing it. And so what we're doing now is Isaac and I, we went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, November of last year because Isaac says, I feel like God's called me to launch another one. And, and so we went to Albuquerque, spent two days there. We were in a neighborhood called the War Zone, southeast part of Albuquerque. It's the most violent part. We spent two days there. The, the first day, just getting to know the, the layout of the land. The next day, we went and met with the pastor that he, he supports both of us. And then a half hour later, Isaac got a phone call from a gentleman that owns a strip mall in that neighborhood that's been praying for a ministry to give the building to. Pray with us that God will speak to that man and give us that building so we can launch in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We are now in Phoenix, Arizona. We launched October of last year. Phoenix has a homeless population of 50,000. It's unlike anything I've seen. The best way I could describe what I've seen in Phoenix was going to Los Angeles and going on Skid Row. Blocks and blocks and blocks of people living in tents and cardboard boxes sleeping on sidewalks. In, in Denver, there's a two-block radius. There's two homeless shelters there. James Turner lives within less than a mile from there. And, and the times I've been there, it's always been in the evening about 4 or 5 o'clock. And there's about 2,000 people living in tents and sleeping on cardboard boxes. He said, Jay, that's nothing. Here in another couple hours, it's going to grow another 2,000. And they can't get in. They, they all just can't get in the shelters. The shelters can't hold them. And James doesn't have a building. He's not waiting for a building. A lot of missionaries, they wait till God gives them a building. We just start ministries and God gives us buildings. And so what James does on Sunday mornings, he takes his truck, they pull up into a vacant lot, they set up uh, 20 chairs and 100, uh, or uh, 20 tables and 100 chairs, and they will feed 500 to 1,000 people, and he'll street preach. And then they're doing outreach three, three times a week. It's amazing what they're doing. It's awesome. And he's already, he's already got a guy in place there right now that he's training named Matthew that will eventually take that work because James is going to Detroit. In the next year to two years, he will launch another urban outreach in Detroit. He just has a heart for it. He goes there every year, does outreach. You know, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. We're on the east side, the flats. That's a very violent area. When, when God gave me the Willards, I pleaded with them not to live there. I said, don't live there. Drive out and, you know, live out and drive in. They said, no, we're living there. I said, well, do two things. Get a big ADT sign and get a big, loud barking dog. They don't have to see your dog. They just need to hear your dog. They, they hit the ground running. They started doing ministry from day one. And so what happened was it forced them to plant a church in their house. Thursday nights, they were having between 40 and 60 people in their house. And then they went to Sunday morning services in their house. And they're a very educational family. They all work with the school system. So then they started an after-school tutoring program in their house Monday through Friday with 20-plus kids. And then the most amazing thing happened. The 1,600-square-foot house next door came up for sale. It came available. And the bank sold them that house for $500. That'll tell you what kind of neighborhood you're in. And so here in February, they finally got a building. And the same bank owned it. And so the same bank sold them the building for $500. And then last month, the bank gave them the $500 back. So they got a free building. That's how God works. 
If we will take a step of faith and step out, then God will provide the resources and the abilities to get it done. We're getting ready to have a, two buildings given to us in Cincinnati. Two buildings that's 40,000 square feet. The pastor's 80 years old. They're an independent church. It's a church of 125 people. He's ready to retire. He doesn't know what to do with the building. They're giving it to us. This year, we'll bring it into our, our model. You know, for, for a long time, I ran from Chicago. It's a very violent city. Since January of 16, there have been 1,000 murders and 4,000 shootings. It is violent. I would purposely go around that city hour and a half out of my way because I knew if I drove through it, God was going to tell me to plant church. And I, I tried to avoid him for a long time. And in February, he put the smack down on me. He took me to the woodshed and he whooped me. He said, why are you running from Chicago? I said, because I don't want to plant church there. See, I've, I've learned to be really open with God. I said, Lord, there are plenty of people in the assemblies of God just sitting around not doing anything. Why can't you find someone, one of those people and send them up there to do it? You've already got me. I've already, I'm on plant number 10. He said, I want you to go there. I said, I won't grieve you. You're asking me, and so I will. And so February 4th, I gave in. I said, I'll do it. February 28th, he gave me two church planters in one day. One for North Chicago, one for South Chicago. March 13th, he gave us a building in the central Chicago, in the Pilsen neighborhood. It's a, a gentrification community. It's going through uh, revitalization. It's an artsy-type neighborhood. It's the, the largest Hispanic community. That's where all the Hispanics came in. It was the port of entry for Chicago. And so the, we were given a building that's worth like over a million dollars. And I said, Lord, why did you give me this building? You told me to go to north and south. He said, I gave you the building to give it away. And so there was a guy that was planting a church a mile from that building, so today he has the building. You see, sometimes God will give you a blessing to be conduit to bless someone else. That's all that was. On April 19th, well, on February 12th, I had spoken at a church in, in Arizona. On April 19th, somebody in that church wrote a checkout for $10,000 earmarked for Chicago. We hadn't even planted yet. And God gave us planters, gave us a building, gave us funds. And so here's where we're at now. now. Now not only do I have two planters, but now God's given me a third planter that's already there. And now I have a fourth planter in Aurora. But only one of those churches is inner city. Three of them are going to be millennial. One of the guys is in the neighborhood. Within one mile, there are 50,000 millennials. They're all professionals. And so this Tuesday, Ramona and I are going up to meet with those four guys to begin put a plan together to get this thing moving. So here's where we're at. We're in southeast Washington, D.C. We're in Staten Island, New York City. We're in Cleveland, Ohio. We're in East St. Louis, Washington Park, Cottage Hills, Illinois. We're in St. Louis, Missouri. We're in New Orleans. We are in New Orleans. While I was here, we were working on it. Now we're there. We're in the St. Rock 7th Ward. We're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're in um, Denver, Colorado. Soon we're going to be in Albuquerque, Cincinnati, Chicago, and Aurora. And we're debt-free. And so I want to say to you this morning, thank you for your generosity. Thank you 
for your monthly support. You guys support us 400 a month. And for a missionary, that is huge. Thank you. Sometimes you may not hear the hearts of missionaries, but not only do I want to speak for myself this morning, but I want to say thank you on behalf of all the missionaries that you guys support each and every month because together we're building God's kingdom, we're reaching people, and we're making a difference. Amen? God bless you.